Here we go. We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast, a post-NFL draft edition of the show. I'm Carson Cunningham, joined by Kyle Porter, who's dodging some some lightning. I guess the shed was under attack, but I think we're, we're good to go now, aren't we, Kyle? Yeah, it's uh, it's a little safer. I feel a little safer than I did about five minutes ago. Uh, I have this is I don't tell many people this, but I guess apparently a lot of people are going to know now. I haven't actually grounded my uh, my shed yet. Um, I don't know if that's the right terminology. Ground my shed. So you're supposed to take like a you're supposed to run like a uh, wire from the electrical box like deep into the ground so that if it does get struck by lightning, it just it just runs into the earth instead of into my body and uh <laughs> i haven't i need to do that it's on my to-do list it should be at the top uh yeah before you crank out another ranking of the field in the pga tour you need to make sure that's good to go yeah yeah i do uh the nfl draft happened kyle obviously <laughs> i um, have you i have you shook no i mean i'm 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 fine you should be the shook one i mean <laughs> lightning can strike at any moment <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, um, yeah, okay, NFL draft. Yeah, what'd you think? Obviously, Justice had to wait uh, a little longer than, than he wanted to. What'd you think about him going in the fourth round? Uh, a little surprised. I, I, I think I predicted, I don't know, I think I said third or fourth. It's, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I, don't, I don't get any of that stuff. Like, I, I mean, like the, the first round guys, like you get it because they well maybe not the quarterbacks but everybody else like and and this is the thing that I think people forget especially with the NFL they love like stuff they can measure and that's true of any big business right is you it's 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 the CYA attitude of like well you know this is what we measured this is you know whether it's speed or strength or whatever and uh you don't want to take it's, it's difficult to take chances on intangibles. And I think that a lot of what, I don't know. I think a lot of what justice brings to the table is, is like you get him in a game and you're like, Oh, okay. I get it. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's good for him because it seems like a pretty good situation. They're kind of fun, aren't they? With, uh, with Lamar and, and, uh, Hollywood and justice. That's, that's pretty good. They're very fun. I mean, they're going speed because they yeah. have, as you mentioned, Lamar Jackson, uh, Marquise Brown, who's the fastest player in the draft, and then uh, the, the guy from Notre Dame, too, the other wide receiver. He's a burner, deep threat, and then Justice. And I guess Mark Ingram will probably be the starting running back there. He he signed with, with the Ravens. But I kind of go both ways on this, Kyle. I couldn't believe some of the running backs going before him. I mean, Alexander Madison from Boise State goes in the third round. Yeah, that's the stuff where you're like, what? I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, the the guy from Florida Atlantic goes before him. Bryce Love with a torn ACL goes the pick before him. So I, I at the time I was like, what are these teams watching? Like, not only does Justice have the production on the field and the tape, he was like by far the best running back at the combine, which they seem to put a lot of weight in. So I just I was confused as to why he had to wait as long as he did. But if you'd have told me this time, you know, a year ago, if you'd gone in the fourth round, I would have said that's about right. That's kind of where when he entered the draft, that's kind of where I thought he would go. So maybe I, maybe I was putting too much. I thought his performance at the combine would have gotten him into the third round, if not the back end of the second. That's how impressive I thought he was. Yeah, but, it, it, yeah. And I guess when I say measurables, I'm talking more about like size and you know, yeah, he's, he's pretty small. 
Yeah, I mean, he's pro- he's not your prototypical lead running back. He's going to be more of a third down type back in the NFL. But I will say this. I agree. Like, he went to a really good spot. I mean, he went to a winning franchise. That's what the Ravens are. Now, Lamar Jackson's still unproven, but I would much rather him go to Baltimore than the pick right before him. Bryce Love goes to Washington. I think Washington is a total train wreck of a franchise. Their owner has no idea what he's doing. And they're not, they're, they don't compete. And the, the, Ra- the Ravens, year in, year out, are one of the best teams in the NFL. So he's going to a great spot. It's interesting, Kyle. There's five Sooners on the roster and Justice. Yeah. So, like, when OU or when OU, when Baltimore plays the Browns, it's like an OU alumni game. And Justice is right in the middle of it. So I, I do like the spot that he went to. Yeah. And, and I still go back to the, the 17, was it seven? Yeah, 17 Bedlam game. Best player on the field with the number one draft pick from from last year is is Justice Hill, and so I don't know. I mean, you're right. Like in terms of speed and in terms of like some of the stuff he did at the combine, like the measurables were there. Um, but and so yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I don't get it. Like like do these guys get docked for? I don't think there's like an Oklahoma State bias, but like a like a successful offensive system bias against teams like OSU or I don't, I mean, even OU like in, in the, in the draft, do you, do you, do you feel that? Do you sense that? Not really. Cause I, anymore, I think that would favor guys in, in OSU system and OU's because look, look who, look what they're hiring. They're hiring Cliff Kingsbury's of the world. I know. I know. And spread, spread, you know, air raid type offenses are becoming the norm. I mean, Todd Munkin, is the offensive coordinator of the Browns now. And that's going to be fun to watch. But I I don't think it hurts them at all. I, I do think there is a little bit of a – it just seems like OSU guys tend to go a little later than they should. I think that's – to your point, I think perhaps if they look at the school I, – I, I do think the OSU next to their name kind of hurts them a little bit just because historically there's not as many draft picks from there. I, do, I don't think the NFL – I mean, the NFL will draft guys from – Murray State. They're not afraid to take pe- people from all sorts of schools, but I do think there's a little bit of that as opposed to when they see Oklahoma next to their name. I thought some of the Oklahoma guys went a little higher than they should. Um, as far as you know, Ben Powers, the offensive lineman, goes in the fourth round. Uh, he was viewed as a later round pick. Cody Ford slipped a little, but Marquise Brown going in the first round at his size is is kind of crazy. He is puny. He's like it's 160 tiny. pounds. He's yeah, so small. Now I think he's. People are now, and he he benefits too, much like Kyler Murray does from Russell Wilson. I think Marquise Brown benefits from Tyreek Hill. I think everyone's trying to find the next Tyreek, and he has that level of speed. So, but no, I I do think there's a little bit of that. Of not that they're against OSU, it's just they'll draft a guy from LSU or Oklahoma before they will OSU. So here are the guys that went ahead of Justice in the draft. So Josh Jacobs was the only first rounder. Uh, he might be awesome. I mean, he's, he's, it's interesting because he, in terms of like, he's just, he didn't, he doesn't have any, I guess he didn't do the combine. Was he hurt? I don't remember. Well, his, he was viewed as the top running back. So he probably just chose not to go, but he's about 20 pounds heavier than, uh, justice is. And then you've got, uh, miles Sanders was the only second rounder. So there's only two running backs in the top two rounds, which I think is pretty indicative of just kind of where the league is at as a whole it's like whatever on running backs and maybe this wasn't the best you know class or 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 whatever but um i just think that 
that's sort of the way they view running backs. And you got Daryl Henderson from Memphis in the third round, David Montgomery from Iowa State in the third round, Kevin Singletary from Florida Atlantic, Damian Harris from Alabama, another Alabama running back, two Alabama running backs ahead of uh, Justice, <laughs> uh, Alex Madison from Boise, and then Bryce Love, Justice Hill, and then something called a Benny Snell from Kentucky went right after Justice <laughs> uh, to Pittsburgh. Uh, so that would have been awesome. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I guess um, I, I feel like I'm kind of walking back my measurables thing because you're right about, like, the speed and the strength and the power was all there, and the the on-field performance was there as well. So I I don't know. I, I guess I don't know what's what's lacking because you know he interviewed well. Um, you know he's smart. Like, you know he's – I don't know, as Gundy would say, does all the right things. So I, I guess I just I, I'm not totally seeing what's lacking, other than maybe lack of of size. Yeah, and he did he did get nicked up a little bit, but I wouldn't view his his injuries this past season as anything major. It's not like a torn knee or anything. But how about Alabama's backup running back getting taken in the first round? <laughs> Josh I Jacobs know. was their second leading rusher, and I he know. goes in the first round. Well, and I saw some stuff about how like oh, well, if Justice would have played. I forgot who said this, but if Justice would have played late in the year, and it's like, well, <laughs> whatever. Like, is that a is this? A, are we doing this? Like, oh, if you would have, you know, get some reps against TCU, I'm like, oh yeah, that that's that's the thing right there. Reps against TCU in November. <laughs> that's that's what would have done it. No, get I him, mean, there's a re- get him there's into a reason, the top hundred. Right. There's a reason he sat out. Is his. his draft stock was pretty solidified and he literally did everything he could at the combine like you could not have a more impressive performance and he still went in the fourth round so that's kind of where he was gonna, always going to go all these guys that went ahead of him by the way they all they're all uh the, like the only thing they have in common is they're all heavier than him right i think that's that more so than what school he went to i think is is a big factor i think yeah, he's, he's pretty I, slight it doesn't by the way you know who's going to be who's going to like measure like do all this stuff incredibly and and have the on-field thing who's that chuba he's smaller than justice isn't he Nah, he's taller he's big is he yeah i I, i'll look up his numbers on on the uh on the roster but he's like i i think he's like six two really yeah he's two he's he's six one two oh seven on google okay um, that's pretty small. So on, uh, he needs to be about two twenty seven to go in the first round. Yeah. Jacobs is five ten two twenty. I don't yeah. know. Who knows? Well, um, I like, I, the one guy that went ahead of him that I like a lot is that David Montgomery from Iowa state. I think he's going to be awesome. Yeah. He's good. He was good. He's a really good player. For and that's, sure. I thought the big 12 had a really good draft overall, just offensively. Um, that was, that's where I think, you know, the Big 12 used to be like the redheaded stepchild conference. Now I think that's the Pac-12. And now I think the offense isn't like this scarlet letter anymore. It was almost like a scarlet letter, wasn't it? Like yeah. The scores yeah. in the Big 12. Now when the Rams and the Saints drop 50 on each other, everyone's like, oh, this is a lot of fun. This is actually not bad football. So right. I think the narrative's kind of shifted in the Big 12's favor that way. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, what do you think about all, all the other stuff where guys ended up um, – Jordan Brailford to Washington. Uh, wait, was it? Yeah, it was Brailford that went to Washington, right? With the second to last pick in the entire draft. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and then Tyron ends up in Houston. Corn Dog ends up 
uh, in Green Bay to, um, I don't know, give Aaron Rodgers hand in footballs. I don't, I don't know what's how that's going to play out. All jokes on corn aside, I mean, he's going up against Deshaun Kaiser in Green Bay. What, that's, is he, that's, is, not a, that's not Mount Everest. That is not a tough <laughs> mountain to climb. Mount Kaiser. Is Kaiser second or third? Uh, I think he's second. I think he played for Rodgers when Rodgers got hurt. I'll have to, to look that up. I mean, do we, is this where we're at? Is... Is Taylor Cornelius gonna? Is the oil baron gonna back up Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> I he might be out of he might not make it to camp for all I know. I don't know. I'm just saying that he went to. That's like the beauty of of Corn Dog not getting drafted versus uh, Jordan Brailford going with the second to last pick in the seventh round. Brailford might be going to a team that has a loaded position at his position, whereas yeah. Cornelius can kind of pick his spot and look at the rosters and and, and go for it. But uh, as far as Brailford and Tyron leaving early and having hugely disappointing drafts, I mean, first of all, I think they get terrible advice. Like, Tyron could have had a legit season this year, or he may have just gone and drafted again next year. I, I have no idea. But while on one hand they get bad advice and probably should have stayed to improve their stock, I think myself firmly included in this, I think a lot of people just neglect the fact that if you're just on a practice squad, you would earn a minimum of $130,000 if you if you stay there the entire regular season. Right. Like that is not a small amount of money for for college kid for for these players. I think we tend to overlook that if they don't go in the top 4 rounds, well they should they definitely should have stayed. Well, some guys just want to go make some money. Yeah. It's it's easy for us on the outside to say, well, they Tyron would have had over 1000 yards and 10 touchdowns and he could have gone in the third round. Well, he also could have gotten hurt and not made a practice squad. So I will say that on the outside, it looks like they made bad decisions. They're still going to go make some money if they can stick around. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great point. And I actually think the Houston, uh, Kyle Cox did, did something on like the undrafted free agents, like who has the best shot of making a team. And the Houston situation is pretty interesting. Like they've got, uh, they've obviously got uh, Hopkins as their number one guy, but after that, they've got some guys that are heard. And I mean, it's not, I don't think it's infeasible for him to, to you know, end up making it through and and you know maybe uh, who knows, but like he's got the talent, right? Like he, it's all of it's there. It's just it's just a matter of right. I mean, for him, honestly, like it's a matter of right place, right time. Yeah, and that, that's why being an undrafted free agent again, he picked a really good spot roster wise. Uh, Green Bay Packers quarterbacks: Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Kaiser. And Tim Boyle from Eastern Kentucky, second-year guy, third-year guy. Tim Boyle's got an arm, dude. Hey, Taylor yeah, Cornelius I, is the I best practice no player who ever lived, so <laughs> he's going to light it up. Uh, okay, uh, one thing. So SB Nation came out with a mock 2020 draft, which, <laughs> okay, uh, I get it. Like, you know. Get the clicks. Hey, get, you clicked on it. Yeah, no, I did. And then I wrote a blog post about it. But they had Tylen going <laughs> at the end of the first round. Uh, thoughts on that? Uh, it kind of surprises me. I mean, he would have to have another Blitnikoff-type season, I would think. Um, he's not just massive. I think he, he played – I said this last year. Like When you watch the highlights and him just mossing dudes, he looks like he's Dez. <laughs> he looks like he's 6'3", 220. He's only about six feet tall. 
But as I, as we mentioned with Marquise Brown, I guess size is not the most important thing at the receiver position. The one thing I would say that I think would hinder him, much like running back, I think receivers becoming kind of a dime a dozen type position. Only what one went in the first round or two? I guess the Patriots with the last pick of the first round picked a receiver as well. Only two went in the first round at all. It's becoming a position you can kind of wait. I mean, Hakeem Butler going in the fourth round I thought was crazy, but that just shows you the level of receivers there are and how teams can wait. So I would I would probably, if I had to pick, I would probably say he would go second or third, but I think that's a reflection of the type of year he had for them to put him in the first. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I don't I don't see the first round thing. I mean he, he he's not. I think to, to be that size, he's I think six off the top of my head. I think he's six one one eighty four one eighty six or something like that. Um, you got to be really fast. Like I look back at the guys that got that went in the first round that were receivers that were smaller, like kind of a Will Fuller type from uh, from Notre Dame. And they they're running like four threes sub you know four three fives like just blazing speed, and I just don't know. I mean, is is Tywin gonna what's he gonna run? I mean, I, to me, it's more like a James Washington thing where, at like what you measure, like let's say it's four five or four five five. I think I think Washington ran like four five six or something. It, it it's not great. I mean, it's fine, but then you get into a game, you're like, oh okay, I get it. Like, because, you know, like we've talked about, like Washington's way better in games, I think, than, than what you can measure in a practice or a combine or whatever. I just, I just think you have to have all those things add up, uh, to go in the first round. And I, I just, I don't know. I don't see it with Tylen, but who knows? Maybe I'll run a four, three, five. I just, I, I kind of doubt it. Yeah. I mean, I think you would have to have a blazing time to go in the first round. I mean, two receivers went this year, two went last year. Calvin Ridley went 26th. And that's Calvin Ridley, who was considered by far the best receiver in college football at Alabama, had, was known to be really fast. And even he had to wait till the 26th pick and barely made it in the first round. So I don't know. The odds are against it, but I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he was, for me, he should have won the Blitnikoff last year. So he's going to be a prohibitive favorite to win it again this year, depending yeah. on who's throwing passes, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay. Something came out uh, earlier this week. Odds to. Uh, win the national championship in 2019. Did you see this? I did not, but the number shocked me. So we've got, let's see here. I'm just going to go down the list. You got Clemson is the favorite at uh, two to one. Then you got Alabama at five to two, Georgia at seven to one, Ohio state 10 to one, Michigan and OU at 14, LSU, Texas, um, at 25, Notre Dame, Washington, Florida, Oregon, Nebraska, A&M, Auburn, Wisconsin, and then Oklahoma State. So they are, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. 17th best odds uh, of any of any team in the country. Is that surprising to you? That's not surprising. That is stunning. Like, How do they even come to that conclusion? Without a, They don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. So they are uh, two. Let's see, hundred to one. No, two hundred to one. To uh, I guess no, it's not seventeen. That's that's like twenty twenty third best odds or something. Um, okay, that that sounds better. Yeah. So they're with TCU, Michigan State, and Virginia Tech. Hmm. Behind your yeah. Behind your Knowles, Florida State's a hundred to one. So that sounds yeah. right. I mean, two hundred to one. Spencer Sanders is 
you know, the, those are the odds that he's like the best player in college football or whatever, you know, and then yeah. you're in it. But I feel like that's what 200 to 250 is about what OSU is every single year. So that 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 sounds about right. Now that you, you say it's about 23rd, 24th. Yeah, that sounds about right. But um, that is a little bit of respect for OSU, a team that has not played good defense over their tenure. And that's that's being kind. And then you don't know who the quarterback is. We all assume it's going to be Spencer Sanders, but Vegas doesn't really know who it's going to be. And, and Vegas usually doesn't view very OSU very highly either. Their win total is always way off. So I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what they, the win total they have for OSU. And I'd be tempted to bet the over if they put it at like six, six and a half, which they've done with worse teams, I feel like. Do you like um, Nebraska at 40 to one? <laughs> Not really. I'm a big Scott Frost guy. I think he's going to turn him around, but it's a little early for that. There's only 10 teams higher than them. Well, to me, that's an illustration of how weak their side of the division is in the Big Ten. I mean, that's the worst division in Power Five, I think. Maybe with the, the Pac-12 North, yeah. maybe. Yeah, it's not very good. It's awful. <laughs> okay, let's see what else. Uh, I had something. Did we, we might have talked about this. I've, I've talked about it a couple places, but um, since the beginning of 2018, do you know who the best major championship golfer in the world is? Ricky Fowler. Yeah. How'd you know? You sent it to me in our Word document to talk about it on the podcast. That's <laughs> how I knew OSU was 12th or you had him on 12th on the thing. Yeah. So that was a little confusing that the thing that was written was that they were, tw- they, they had the 12th best odds, but there were like 22 teams at, or 23 teams ahead of them. Right. But some of those were lumped together in terms of uh, the odds. But yeah, Ricky Fowler, best uh, best score to par of the last five majors uh, of anybody who's made the cut at the last five majors. So yeah, I mean, this is why I can't stand the the big Randy of no laying up takes where they they poke fun at Ricky for not winning a major. Like the guy's a top ten player in the world. He, it hasn't quite come through yet, but Dustin Johnson has one major. He wins a lot more tournaments. Granted, I'll grant you that, but. I mean, Ricky Fowler is one of the best golfers in the world. Now, is he in more commercials than every other golfer? <laughs> yes. But that's not his fault. If you want to pay him money, he's going to take it. I just, To me, I, I think it's, it's really hard, as you've talked about on your, your first cut podcast a lot. It's, it's so hard to win a golf tournament now with how many studs there are, and yet Ricky Fowler's name is, is the highest among everybody in the majors. I just, to me, that needs to be talked about a lot more than him not winning. Yeah. For sure. I agree. Winning's overrated. Uh, I will never not believe that. Um, okay, speaking of golf, Oklahoma State goes to the Louisville region in the um, in the regionals. The, the, six, the six regionals were announced. Oklahoma State's the number one seed in the Louisville region. Other teams include Auburn, North Florida, Louisville, Baylor, Arkansas State, Iowa State, West Virginia, Arizona, Mississippi State. Um you got to finish. I think it's top. I think it varies based on because different regionals have different numbers of teams. And so I think it varies based on how many teams you have, but I think it's top five or six ish to uh, qualify for the NCAAs. Uh, OSU is the overwhelming favorite to win the NCAAs. The regional should not be an issue. They have literally made it every year except for one to the, uh, to the NCAAs in their, in their history, in their golf history. 
So uh, just any thoughts on that or, or kind of the, the golf postseason coming up? Yeah, I thought it was good to see. Obviously, OSU dominated the Big 12s. Can you believe, Kyle, that that's their first Big 12 title since 2011? I know. What? I know. That's crazy. Huh? That's so How is that crazy. possible? I know. I don't get it. Like, that is – that's hard to fathom. Yeah. But they, they did um, get some better play from their, their – I've been talking all year about how I was kind of concerned about the three guys below Wolf and, and Hovland, but they all they all played pretty well and they they won going away. So that was that was good to see. Um, it is interesting. Wolf has kind of come back to not earth. He's still one of the best amateur golfers, but he's not winning every tournament he enters, which I guess was bound to happen. He wasn't going to win ten times this year, but uh, I am. Uh, that was interesting that he didn't win top honors at Big Twelve. What he finished like T twelve or T fourteen? No, I think he was T five because Hovland oh. was T. <laughs> Hovland was T two, and I, th- I I think Wolf was fifth because Eckrode. They had four guys in the top fourteen. Eckrode and and Boshu were were fourteenth, I believe. So when you're doing that, it's <laughs> you know they're gonna they're gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, and I I think it's interesting that they're paired with with Auburn in the regional. That's kind of the team that I've I've circled as the biggest competition OSU has. They played Auburn in the semis last year. You and I walked with Wolf as he lost. He actually lost his match. I think a lot of people forgot about that because Eckrode came through, uh, Ventura came through, and um, obviously Hovland did as well. So that's something to uh, I think it's interesting to see. I'd like to see them go head to head stroke play and see how that goes uh, at regionals, but. Um, where did Wolf finish? Ekro finished T14. Uh, I don't see Wolf on here. This is a Big 12? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, there. Yeah, Wolf's fifth. Yeah. So. Or seventh. He finished seventh. Oh, was he seventh? Yeah. Gotcha. Which, <laughs> top ten. <laughs> yeah. And I'm calling that a slump. Yeah. You're, you're, that's that's the standard he set. Uh, okay. Got some stuff coming up this weekend. Let's get to this week's OSU schedule brought to you by Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop on Campus Corner. And be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Two big things this weekend, Carson. Softball has a series against OU and Stillwater. And uh, those are two of the best teams, or I think the two best teams in the Big 12. Oklahoma State's top 15. OU, I believe, is number one in the country or number two. And uh, so that should be a lot of fun. We're going to have Marshall Scott out covering that a little bit. And then Oklahoma State baseball is at uh, Oregon State for a uh, a little little appetizer to the August 30th game uh, later on this year, (laughs) the the football game. So they'll be at at Corvallis for a three-game set against Oregon State this weekend. Can we call that the battle for the interlocking OS logo? Yeah, they should. That's what they should play for every year. The logo battle? Yeah. Yeah. Softball is a big deal, Kyle. It's 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 for the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah. It's, it's Bedlam with the title on the line. Now OU's won thirty five straight games. <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> but um but no, I, I would like to mention Kenny Gajewski, the, the OSU softball coach, is doing an unbelievable job. I, I said when he was hired that he had an unbelievable pedigree because he coached under Patty Gasso at Oklahoma and then followed Tim Walton from Oklahoma to Florida. And Florida and OU are in the World Series every single year. So that was a great mm-hmm. hire by Mike Holder. They're they're really good. And did you see the the bat flip from the OSU girl? Oh yeah, Samantha Shaw, I think is how you pronounce her last name. Yeah, it was like the most 
um, not disrespectful bat flip, but the most um, cocky bat flip I've seen in a while. Because it wasn't even like a bat flip. It was like a, I'm going to walk and just yeah. – it was like a drop the mic almost. Yeah, it was sick. It was awesome. I, I thought it was great. So yeah, they, they, swept, be fun to watch. Uh, they swept Texas Tech. The two te- these two teams combined 82 and 13 this year. Big time. Is that, is that good? Yeah, and I think that's I think there's a chance that they both could get to Oklahoma City, depending on yeah. the, the draws. I mean, obviously OU will be a favorite to get there, but I think OSU's got a real shot to make the World Series in Oklahoma City. So that'd be that'd be something kind of cool to follow in the summer when we're kind of entering the dog days. Oh, um, that would that would be great if both both the Oklahoma teams made it to the the softball World Series. Uh, okay, let's hear one more time from our sponsor, Chris's University Spirit, and then we will come back and wrap things up with our one interesting thing. Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, uh, are you are you prepared with your one interesting thing, or should I go first? You go first. Okay, so I was thinking about this because Kyler goes number one overall, and you don't see a ton of guys drafted to – into the NFL and in major league baseball. Obviously he was first round in both, which is crazy. And I think unprecedented. I don't think it's ever happened, but uh, there's an, there's a fascinating list on NFL.com of other guys that have been drafted into both um, MLB and, and the NFL. How, how many of the, this, and this is not just current players, but mostly current players. How many of these guys can you name? Like, do you, do you, can, how, how many players can you name from the list that I have in front of me that have been drafted into both Major League Baseball and the National Football League? That are still playing in either respective sport? They don't, they don't have to still be playing. Uh, Jeff Samarja. Okay. Is that one? Uh, he's not on the list. But, but this he, is, but he was, this is, he was like a, this is guys that are, I think, primarily played football because, so, so like Kyler is going to end up playing football, right? And yeah. I guess, I guess he could go to baseball later on. But well, guys, Bo Jackson. Yep. Deion Sanders. Yep. Russell Wilson. Yep. Um, it's getting tougher now. Chris Winkie. Uh, he's not on there. He, he, I think he played baseball first and then went to play football. So it's kind of reverse. Um, let's see here. I'm getting towards the end of my rope here. How many more are there? <laughs> There's a lot. Oh, well, I, I think I'm done then. Okay, so Shaq Thompson. Really? I didn't know yeah. he was drafted. He was drafted in the 18th round in Major League Baseball. He first lost round. to uh, Mason Rudolph out in the desert. Yeah, first round in the NFL. Uh, Ru- you said Russell Wilson. Tommy B. Tom Brady got drafted out of high school in the 18th oh, round. Oh, I knew that. And then he went in the sixth round. Uh, Jameis. 15th round out of high school in, in baseball, first overall in football. Uh, Matt Castle, he went in like the 36th round in baseball, barely counts. 
And then he went in the seventh round in football. So that's, that's <laughs> pretty fringy. Uh, Eric Decker in a, oh. uh, got drafted in both. Third round in football, 39th in baseball. Colin Kaepernick, 43rd round in baseball, uh, second round in football. Golden How are there Tate. so many rounds in baseball? It's crazy. Uh, I think I almost got drafted. Golden Tate. Yeah. You have a pulse, you get drafted. <laughs> Golden Tate went in both. And then the the big one, Brandon Whedon. Oh, B. Whedon. I think he's I think he's one First of, round pick in both. Well, he was second in baseball. Oh, uh, that's right, because Kyler, I guess, was the first and only. Yeah, I, th- I think there's only been three that have, that have I think, uh, don't quote me on this, I think there's only been three that have gone either first or second round in both. So I think it's Whedon, I think it's Kyler, and then the, another name on this list, John Elway. Oh, yeah. Elway's like one of the best ever. So. John Elway went second round in baseball, first overall in football. And then you said Dion, Bo Jackson, Dan Marino, and then uh, the last one was Dante Culpepper. He was uh, 26 round out of high school hmm. in baseball. Interesting so, list. Yeah, kind of fun. Uh, mine's not as fun for OSU. That's all right. Okay. Um, for the first time since 1995, Oklahoma did not have a first, did not have a draft pick from the defensive side of the ball. So that, that kind of speaks to the point I've tried to make about OSU kind of had a window here with Texas being down with Oklahoma, not being as good defensively or as good as, you know, they've been awesome the last couple of years making the playoff, but they're starting to recruit a lot better on the defensive side. So OSU actually had a Brailford go in the seventh, so they had a defensive player taken. But um, I don't think that'll be a very common theme year in, year out, now that they hired a new defensive coordinator. But I thought that was interesting that OU, for the first time since 95, did not have a defensive player uh, drafted. Well, and didn't didn't Nebraska, like, didn't they have, like, a 40-year streak of having guys drafted? They got so. broken. I think I saw them and like Texas. Didn't Texas have some horrible streak snapped last Uh, year? Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Yeah, that is interesting. (laughs) It's funny to think about Oklahoma state having a defensive player drafted, but not OU given how many, (laughs) how many big 12 titles OU has been winning of late. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were there. We, we watched Bedlam. I didn't think anybody would get drafted off of either of those defenses (laughs) during Bedlam. So, uh, but yeah, good for good for Brailford, good for Justice, and uh, I think we're working on a list. I think Kyle Cox is going to do this of guys that um, guys, or excuse me, games that people that OSU fans should should watch in 2019. So like OSU against OSU matchups, which I, I think will be, you know, there's not a ton of guys in the league, but there's still enough that you're going to have. You know, when the Steelers play the Chiefs, it's Rudolph against Ogba or or James Washington against Ogba, stuff like that. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to see more and more guys kind of filter into the NFL from OSU. For sure, and I, I did. You mentioned Benny Snell going to the Steelers. Justice was a, just a couple picks before that. It would have been interesting if the Steelers would have taken Justice as well. So you would have had Justice, James Washington, and, and Mason Rudolph all on the same team, but. It seems as if they're going to have to wait out Roethlisberger for several more years. So maybe that wouldn't have been as good of a story. Yeah, I need him to retire. He's only a couple hits away, I think. He's beat up. Did you see what Gundy said about Rudolph? 
No. What did he say? He said he looked slim and muscular. Looked good. Did he ask him to take his shirt off again? Uh, probably. I don't know. Did Gundy mention the fact that that Mason said he hadn't didn't talk to him till like his junior year? <laughs> that was so weird. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yes. I believe How do you it, not, though. Like, Mason won Bedlam as a true freshman, and you didn't speak to him till his junior year? He's probably mad because because Rudolph tried to go for it on uh, – remember when they were kicking the field goal at the end of Bedlam? And Rudolph was trying to get him to go for it? Oh, in, yeah. In Norman? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, no. It's not how we do it, son. Still, silly freshman. Yeah. So I totally expected him to botch that field goal, by the way. I don't yeah. Know. I'm sure every OSU fan did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, Carson, good stuff. Uh, we will be back next week to um, – to chat some more. Probably got some recruiting stuff next week. There's a lot of recruiting going on right now. We didn't really get to it. People should listen to the reload though. Kyle Boone and Dustin Ragusa do a great job over there of uh, talking football recruiting, talking basketball recruiting, and uh, I think exciting times ahead for basketball. So um, yeah, check that out and we will talk again soon. Sounds good. Have a good weekend. <laughs>